Girlfriends, episode number 307, Seven Ways to Get Motivated to Exercise. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about finding the motivation to exercise. I need help. I bet you do too. Let's talk about it. Hey, girlfriend, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you are here connecting with me about the podcast. Good for you. You've hit play on how to get motivated to exercise. That's step number one. I think you're already succeeding. (laughs) At least I like to hope that's true because I'm putting out this podcast and I need it as much as you do. I need the motivation to exercise. You know, here in New Hampshire, we are in the drudgery of wintertime, post-holidays, full on winter blah mode where we're below zero temperatures. It is the worst. In the summertime, I don't so much need motivation. I love to go out for a walk. I love to go out for a run. I love to be active outdoors and, you know, do all kinds of things like going on hikes and whatever. But in the wintertime, I feel like I just want to like eat cookies and snuggle under a blanket and watch television and then maybe eat some macaroni and cheese. (laughs) I don't know. Does that sound good to you right now? That sounds pretty good to me right now. So, you know, after our New Year's resolutions, maybe some of us made some commitments to exercise that we've already fallen away from. This is just a little pep talk for you, for me, about the importance of being committed to exercise and staying active, regardless of what time of year it is, regardless of how low the temperatures are dipping outside. You know, funny story, whenever the temperatures go below zero, and I hear like, you know, the news report on the radio or whatever here in New Hampshire, and they're like, it's going to be five below tonight. I always remember that like it was probably about seven or eight years ago now, I made a friend, uh, I ran into this woman at the library, and we were just kind of chit chatting. And she had recently moved here to New Hampshire from Florida. And it was like, you know, middle of the winter time and around the time when it was first ever starting to be cold like that. And she said to me, okay, listen, um, I have a question. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't, I don't know what this means. She said, when they say on the radio that it's going to be six below, what do they mean? Below what? <laughs> and I was like, um, below zero degrees. <laughs> And she was like, oh my gosh, I thought it was like below freezing, you know, (laughs) which would be much better. Um, But anyway, that's always stuck with me because it's so funny to me as a a native New Hampshire resident that this is just where I grew up. This is normal to me, but it doesn't mean it's always easy. It doesn't mean it always feels good. Sometimes it is a real struggle. And, you know, I want to acknowledge that for people who might be struggling with like the worst winter blahs or possibly even depression where maybe you need to get some help. Maybe you need to talk to your doctor. Maybe you need to kind of check in with your health and make sure you're taking good care of yourself. One more thing I want to say before we dive into the conversation about exercise is um, about two years ago, I had terrible pain. I was not feeling well and I didn't know why. I had serious, serious pain in my joints, especially in the mornings. I was super stiff and really sore and I let it go for way too long before I finally went to the doctor and got it checked out. Turned out I had a severe vitamin D deficiency, which is quite common here in the Northern Hemisphere, especially in the winter months. And that's all that it was. 
I just needed to be taking a supplement of vitamin D and also, you know, doing what I could to get outdoors and get sunshine. But something as simple as that, I, I just, I always mention it whenever I can, because that might be you. You might be struggling with something like that and you don't even know how simple the fix could be. So if you're not well, make sure you address it. Don't just ignore it, okay? I'm I'm talking to myself too. Okay, speaking of talking to myself too, let's dive into these motivations to exercise. Seven ways I want to share with you, and none of them are, you know, super genius ideas, but things you might not have thought of that might help you to get motivated. Because sometimes just like thinking about the summertime and like <laughs> longing for it isn't exactly the motivation you need when it's still going to be winter for a long while yet. Or or sometimes just, you know, setting your own goals of how fit you want to be or um, how many push-ups you want to be able to do or how far you want to be able to run or whatever. That's just not motivating enough, especially if you're a busy wife or a mom or you're working full-time. You know, we have many different obligations. So sometimes it's hard to find the motivation to actually work out, make exercise a regular part of your everyday life. So the first thing I'm going to say, the first way to get motivated to exercise is to just go and walk for 15 minutes. And that might sound dumb, but it's so simple. And it's a way to actually exercise. It actually counts. And everybody can do this right now. You can walk for 15 minutes, even if you have to walk on your treadmill because there's an ice storm outside. You know, action is the antidote to anxiety. So many times we allow ourselves to just feel miserable because I know I should be exercising and I'm not doing it. And we just kind of get stuck in this negative cycle of thought, like I'm not doing it. I'm a loser. I'm not exercising. I should be exercising. I'm not doing it. And we think like we have to have like 10 steps, you know, like, oh, I got to get the workout outfit. I got to pick the right video that I'm going to use or the right program I'm going to use, or I have to sign up for the gym, or I have to get a babysitter or blah, blah, blah. All these things that we put in the way of just getting started. And there's really nothing more powerful than just getting started. Go for a 15-minute walk. Do it on your lunch break. Do it in the morning. Do it in the evening. You know, sometimes Dan and I like to go for a walk, and this is not something we ever did before. But in the past couple of years, the past couple of winters, we go in the evening in the winter. Yeah, even when it's freezing out. And even if you're just out for 15 minutes, getting that fresh air and getting a little bit of exercise is so helpful in boosting your mood and just changing how you feel about exercise. It suddenly feels very doable if you just get started. So that's the first one, just getting started. Go for a 15-minute walk. Start right there. Start where you are. All right, the second idea for a way to get motivated to exercise is to offer it up. We're Catholics, right? This is what we do. (laughs) So if you're experiencing any kind of suffering, offer it up. Maybe you haven't thought about this before, but this is really a powerful thing that you can do. You can offer up, you know, doing your workout and being faithful at doing it. Or if you, if your alarm goes off in the morning and you, you had planned to do, you know, X workout and you just don't feel like doing it, decide the night before that you're going to offer it up for a particular person, somebody that you love, somebody who's going through something hard, maybe for yourself, maybe for an intention, something that you're holding very close and you're worried about or anxious about, that you want to be surrendering to God and struggling to do, offer it up for that intention. Or, um, you know, there we all have people that we know that we feel helpless 
to do anything to support them. Maybe they're going through the loss of a loved one, or they have a cancer diagnosis, or they just lost their job, or something major is going on for somebody. This is something you can do, is decide ahead of time that's what you're going to offer it up for. And it can be super motivating. Like, you may not want to put on your your running sneakers and uh, do that workout, but if you remember that you were planning to offer it up, and offer up your faithfulness, offer up any discomfort you have during the workout for this particular intention, it can be very motivating. Sometimes we're not motivated to do the thing for ourselves. We're like, no, I'd rather just, you know, be a slob and stay under the blankets because it's awfully cold and awful out there. But if you think about it ahead of time, make the plan ahead of time to offer it up, it can be very motivating in the moment. This wasn't for working out, but um, one time years ago, I remembered shortly after we lost Dan's grandmother, Grammy Bean, many years ago, and I loved her so much that I decided I, I, I wanted to remember to be very intentional about praying for her and offering up for her soul, for the repose of her soul. And I had a bunch of little kids at the time and it was, and it was hard, you know, it was hard to remember to have that as part of my daily prayer life. And, and so I decided at the time I had, one of my kids had trouble going through the night without wetting the bed. And our solution was we would get this, this kid up at midnight, (laughs) just wake him up, put him on the potty, have him go and then put him back in bed. He never even remembered it, but it helped him to get through the night and uh, he'd wake up dry. I hated having to do this. Like that was the last thing in the world I wanted to do at midnight was go and wake up my kid and put him on the potty. And yet I decided this was a regular chore that I disliked that I was doing every single night. And so I decided as dumb and weird as it is, I'm going to offer that up for Grammy Bean. And it really stayed with me and it motivated me. I was never again tempted to be like complaining about it or try to get Dan to do it or, you know, or maybe skip it tonight. Like I was super motivated because I had attached that meaning to it. And, you know, everything we do has value in that way. We just need to remind ourselves of that. So if you're struggling to make exercise a daily regular habit, maybe think about something that you could be very intentional and, you know, purposeful about it in in offering it up and attaching prayer to it in that way. Doesn't mean you have to pray through your whole workout. Some people love to do that. Some people hate to do that. But, you know, it doesn't mean you have to do that. Just having the intention beforehand is great. And that can give you the motivation you need to actually do it. All right. The third way that I'm going to suggest that you find the motivation to actually exercise is to be creative about it. Be creative in what you consider a workout. So we already touched upon this with the 15-minute walk. If you think that doesn't count, then rethink your approach to exercise because it does so count. Any way that you're being physically active in your day, running up and down the stairs counts. You know, carrying around loads of laundry counts. Cleaning up the the playroom and, you know, bending over and putting toys away counts. So think more about how much you move. And one thing that I like to do, and this has kind of become a habit of mine that keeps me more active throughout my days, is I try to be inefficient. (laughs) Now, this sounds dumb because we're always trying to be more efficient, right? But I try to be inefficient in in some ways in like general housekeeping kinds of chores. So like a, a good example of this is, you know, generally, like you might have a basket near your stairs. And throughout your day, if you see things that need to get brought upstairs, you probably like collect them there in a basket, or maybe you collect them on the on a certain, you know, end table or on your kitchen counter, and you you tend to do them all at once, like bring them all upstairs at once. But, you know, you'll get more exercise, you'll get more movement in your day, 
if you just put things away as you find them. Like see one thing and it belongs upstairs, make the trip, go upstairs with it and then come back down, look for another thing. And, you know, this is something you can be intentional about. Like just take, like if you have 10 minutes maybe between things you need to do at home, 10 free minutes, say, I'm going to spend these 10 minutes walking around my house being inefficient. (laughs) So you can walk from one room to the next and find things that need to be put in other places, things that need to be put away, things that need to be cleaned up. And just instead of looking for ways to minimize your movement, look for ways to maximize your movement. I find that this is like something that's interesting to me in a way, like it keeps my interest a little bit. And like, I normally wouldn't be like, oh, I I just love to spend 10 minutes decluttering, you know, but essentially that's what this is. If I have 10 minutes and I decide to just be intentional about walking through my house and inefficiently (laughs) cleaning things up, it's 10 minutes of activity, but it it kind of keeps your, your brain occupied as well. Like you can see how many times you can get up and down the stairs during that time or how many different large objects you can carry like a load of laundry or whatever. So look for that. But then also be creative in choosing something new you might enjoy. Maybe you're in an exercise rut. Like maybe exercise means running to you and you've come to hate running. Or maybe exercise means like that um, that class that you used to take and it got canceled with COVID and you never went back. And it feels overwhelming to think about getting back to that gym or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be that thing. It can be something completely new. Maybe look at something new you might enjoy. Maybe you'd like to learn to dance in some way. And you could take a class for that, but you could get on YouTube for that. Maybe you want to train for a particular race or some kind of competition if that gets you excited. Maybe you want to learn kickboxing. One thing that I found really helpful, and I always recommend this, and I have no affiliation with Peloton, but I do love my Peloton app, and I recommend it every chance I get. This is really helpful if you want to try out a new kind of exercise, because they have workouts that you can do just learning some strength training, just doing a certain kind of strength training. You can do interval running on there. You can, they have so many different classes and some of them are like more dance moves. Some of them are just cardio. Some of them are on, you know, of course, on the Peloton bike or the Peloton treadmill, but you don't need a Peloton bike or treadmill to have the app and use the app. I don't own a Peloton bike or treadmill. I just have a regular treadmill and a regular exercise bike, and you can use the app with those things as well. So I I find it's really helpful because if I get kind of in a rut, I can just kind of scroll through those those different workouts that they have. And even the different categories might make you think of something new, like, oh, maybe I'd like to try that. And, you know, just you and I love that it's very customizable, too. You can just put in like, I want to do 20 minutes of this kind of exercise, or I want to do 30 minutes of an interval run or something. And uh, they have so many on there. So anyway, just recommending that. But whatever app you like to use, or um, whatever workout program you like to use, maybe consider something new if you feel like you're in a rut with it. So be creative about it and inefficient. (laughs) That's the key. Be inefficient throughout your days. All right. The next one that I want to recommend a way, an idea for to help you get motivated to exercise is to keep track of your exercise. So that might mean tracking your steps, which is a very popular thing to do. But, you know, maybe you used to track your steps with a device, but now that device is sitting in a drawer and you haven't used it in a while. Maybe you haven't even thought about it, but it can be very motivating to keep track of your movements throughout the day, can help you to set a challenge for yourself, set a goal, see if you you get there. It can also help you to see how you are active in your days in ways that you wouldn't necessarily think count as exercise. You know, over the holiday break, 
when all my kids were home and we were doing multiple things um, in our home and we were hosting events and having dinners and blah, blah, blah. Like I was so active on those days. I was wearing my Fitbit and it was funny to me because I wasn't getting around to my regular workouts. But at the end of those days, those were some of my most active days, like in the whole year. And I could see that because I was wearing my Fitbit and I could, I could, you know, track it in that way and compare that to other days. And it was helpful to me because maybe then I wasn't so much tempted to beat myself up over, oh, I didn't get a run in today. But um, look at how active I was. And isn't that what it's really all about? Just living a more active lifestyle overall, not just necessarily running for 30 minutes or getting out of breath for 30 minutes, as helpful as it is to set aside time that's specifically devoted to exercise. Wearing a device like that and tracking your movements can be a way to see all the ways that you can be more active in your days and the different kinds of things that can count as exercise, but also can be very motivating. You know, you can see like if you look at your device and you're like, oh, wow, I've, I've hardly moved today. <laughs> it can give you the idea like, okay, let me find a way to, you know, be more active in this next hour or something like that. Or maybe I'm going to, you know, go for a walk after lunch because I've had a very sedentary morning. It just makes you more aware of those things. So if you have a device then that you haven't been using, this is your little reminder, pull it out, maybe, maybe just get yourself motivated again until you can get back into some of those healthy habits for movement. But if you don't have a device, you know, there are lots of apps you can use on your phone. If you just keep your phone in your pocket, it can track your movements throughout the day. There are lots of easy ways that you can do that. But if you don't want to use a device for it, even just keeping a journal and, you know, marking the days that you exercise or, or writing down what you did for exercise, that can be really motivating because, you know, if you can look back, you can see what you've accomplished, that feels really good. And um, it can be very motivating to look at that and say like, oh, I don't want to break my streak or, you know, look at that. I had a very active week last week. I want to make sure that I'm keeping up with the same this week. Just keeping track in that way. So, you know, tracking your steps or keeping track in a journal and, and writing things down, you know yourself and what way you might prefer to do that. But just find a way to keep track of it because that can be very motivating as well. All right, the next idea I want to share with you that can help to motivate you with regard to exercise is to don't think that it's all or nothing. This is what we're so tempted to do, right? And maybe this is you. Maybe at the start of the year, you set this goal for exercise and maybe you were great about it. You were exercising six days a week or whatever. And then you missed a day or maybe you missed two days. And then you said, well, what's the point? I messed it up. Let's throw it all out the window. And this is human nature. I totally get that temptation to think that way, but it's not It's not helpful. <laughs> it's not a helpful way to think. So uh, instead, just realize it's not all or nothing. And it doesn't matter what you did or didn't do yesterday. Today is today. And you get to decide how you're going to approach your life today. You get to decide how and when and what kind of exercise you're going to engage in. So get out of that mindset that only only going to the gym counts or only, you know, putting on a video of a certain kind of workout and doing that counts. All movement counts and it's not all or nothing. Maybe you are falling short of what your goal was. Well, then maybe you need to readjust what your goal is. Maybe you need to say, make it, you know, smaller steps toward that larger goal if you're finding yourself kind of discouraged by not being there yet. And don't think like if you set a new habit and you're great about the new habit and then you miss a day that you need to throw it all out the window. Like life doesn't actually work that way. <laughs> what matters is on the whole, 
how active you are over the course of months and years, rather than what you did on this particular afternoon, whether or not you did or, or didn't get your workout in. And, you know, sometimes with along with this all or nothing mindset comes with this, this kind of idea of just beating ourselves up for where we are. And that sometimes is the most discouraging thing. Like you just feel like a, a failure because you haven't worked out or you haven't taken care of yourself. You've let it get this bad and it just feels like it's you can't recover from it. But that's not true. And that's for sure not how God looks at you. He looks at you as his precious child and he wants only what's good for you. And he doesn't want you to give up on yourself in that way. He doesn't want you to give up on caring for yourself. And so I think even if you haven't been exercising in a really long time and you you want to beat yourself up about it and whatever, like just understand that everybody finds themselves in, in that place, maybe not always with exercise, but with different things in their lives. We all find ourselves there. And all we can control is what we're going to do now. What are you going to do now? What positive step are you going to take in the right direction toward making exercise more of a regular habit, making more movement happen in your day, taking better care of your physical self in the way that God means for you to? It, forgive yourself for where you are now. We women are so great about beating ourselves up over things and then just paralyzing ourselves, feeling like we can't do even thing number one because of the mess that we are. Well, that isn't God talking to you. That voice that you're listening to that's that's discouraging you in that way is not the voice of God. It's the voice of the enemy. And you do not want to listen to that voice. That's not going to get you to become the person that God wants you to be. The big plans that God has for you, for your holiness, for your success, for your joy, for your love, and that kind of thinking doesn't, doesn't play into that at all. So forgive yourself for whatever you find yourself. Forgive yourself for any past failures or you know ways that you might have neglected to make this a regular habit in your life. And begin today. Begin with one single step. And don't allow yourself to fall prey to that kind of thinking that if you if you messed up one time, then you might as well throw it all out the window because everybody messes up sometime. Everybody misses a day sometime. There is no perfect way of executing this. So don't let that kind of all or nothing mentality, which really in the end is just an excuse. It's an excuse to throw it all out and go back to how you were. Don't listen to that. Don't allow yourself to give in to that temptation to begin thinking like that. So it's not all over and why bother? Don't, don't allow yourself to think like that. It's not all or nothing. Get out of that mindset and just do the next right small thing, the right small thing in the right direction. All right. The sixth idea I have for motivating you, and this is an old tried and true one, is just reward yourself. Okay, we're, we're, we're basic creatures. <laughs> we like rewards. Maybe you need a reward to make it happen. This is a tried and true way. We do it with our kids and um, we can do it with ourselves. Reward yourself for making exercise a habit. Now, this might be something as simple as just pairing your everyday commitment to exercise with something that you really enjoy. I have a friend who does this with a, a trashy television show that she loves, and she doesn't allow herself to watch it because she's like, that's trashy TV, but she does allow herself to watch it if she's on the treadmill. So that's a very basic way of approaching this. Or maybe there's a podcast you really love to listen to. Well, only allow yourself to listen to it when, when you're going for a walk or working out in some way. Just sweeten the deal for yourself, you know, and, and that can be very motivating if there are certain things that you really enjoy that you only allow yourself to enjoy after 
you've exercised, maybe don't make it like a brownie because that kind of <laughs> defeats the whole healthy living kind of purpose. But generally, you, you know, this is the thing. The way that we're approaching our life kind of feeds off of itself. Like I, I'm sure you've experienced this where you make one decision that's not maybe the best decision and maybe what you ate for lunch. And that just kind of leads to this negative spiraling mentality like, oh, well, then I guess I'll skip my workout. Oh, well, then I guess I, you know, will we'll spend money that I wasn't planning to spend or, you know, all of these different ways that maybe we're not disciplined. They tend to kind of spiral and build off of one another. but. The reverse is also true. When you start making positive choices, when you start making better choices, when you start choosing the better option of how you're going to take care of yourself physically, this in you know in this instance, um, getting proper sleep, eating well, you know, making sure that you're you're getting good nutrition and um, skipping some of those empty calories. That then you're also going to be in the mindset that's more open to exercising. Or if you go out exercising, you're less likely to, you know, want to be making bad nutrition choices after the fact. But maybe there's like a smoothie that you really love or something like that. Maybe just taking a hot shower and doing, spending a little time doing your hair and makeup if you enjoy that. Um, I know sometimes that motivates me. Like if I'm going to go out later, I, I like to think like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to work out. And then I can take a shower and get ready. And that that feels like properly ordered and it's kind of motivating to me. But there, you know, think about yourself. Maybe there's a book that you really love and you won't let yourself buy it until, you know, you've committed to working out every day for a week or whatever. Whatever your small goal is, I would recommend you make it like a small time goal something either you can reward yourself every time that you exercise, but I mean, I'm not talking about giant rewards, something small, something that's going to be a little ding for you. That's going to feel nice. But think about what that is. You need to know yourself. You need to spend a little time thinking about what would feel like a reward to you. What might make it feel like, okay, I can do this as long as I can do the other thing afterwards. You know, let yourself, let yourself do that. Um, so think about that. Think of a way that you might reward yourself. All right. And then the last idea I have for motivating you to actually work out, actually ex exercise, is to do it with a friend. Find a friend that you can share this with. Maybe actually getting together with your friend and going for a walk or going for a run together or going to the gym together. But it doesn't have to be that. There's so many ways through apps and stuff that you can share with a friend. Years ago, I had a, a friend that I used to like to share our runs with on um, the Nike app. I haven't used that app in many years now, but we used to like that. Like she was like the one person that I was friends with on there. And you could see when the other person went for a run and that would motivate me and just be careful. It doesn't get competitive, but it can hold you accountable for what your, your working out goals are. Um, it can help you in just realizing you're not alone in it. Sometimes if your friend might call you up and be like, oh my goodness, I really don't want to work out. And you can be like, yeah, me neither, but here we go. Let's do it. Just having somebody that you can check in with like that can be really helpful because then it's not just you against the world, right? You can feel like you're not alone in this struggle and um, it's more fun when you can, you can share your goals and share your achievements with one another and encourage each other and, you know, be each other's cheerleaders. Like, don't you like to get a high five from somebody? E either, you know, a physical high five from somebody or just an emotional one when you're kind of texting and encouraging each other to make this an everyday habit. 
you know, just think of somebody that could play that role for you. And you could do it through texting, you can do it through social media, you might do it through an app, or you might actually get together with your friend. Maybe that's hard to do every day, but maybe pick one day a week where you can actually get together with a friend and get some kind of exercise in together that can be super motivating because it holds you accountable, but also reminds you that you're not alone in it. Maybe your buddy's going to be one of your kids or your husband. You know, it doesn't have to be a girlfriend, even though this is girlfriends. All right. So those are my seven ideas for helping you find the motivation to exercise, even in the thick of winter, even on these cold, dark, horrible days. We'll get through this together just to um, review them here. First, go for a 15 minute walk. Do that right now. Everybody can do that. Second, think about offering it up. Third, be creative and be inefficient in the way that you're going through your days. Uh, Four, keep track of your exercise in some way. Number five, don't think it's all or nothing. Six, consider a way to reward yourself. And seven, buddy up, do it together with a friend. If you have some ideas to share, or if you just want to check in with me, let me know how your workouts are going, how you are staying motivated to get exercise, even through these long, cold winter months. I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I'm Danielle Bean on all of social media. I'd love to hear from you there. All right, we've got more of the show coming up, but first a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. Okay, here's the gut check right here, because if nothing changes, nothing changes. Do you want to be holy? And do you want to be an instrument of renewal in this world? And if so, do you believe it's possible? Do you know what it looks like? Do you know where to begin? Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. My name is Father Mark Mary. I'm a Franciscan friar of the renewal, and I wrote a book called Habits for Holiness. And it pulls from over 800 years of Franciscan tradition, wisdom, and experience of radical and total discipleship in the midst of the world, but in a way which begins with little steps and works not only for religion, not only for priests, but for everybody. The change you desire is possible. The conversion you desire is possible. The renewal you desire is possible. The healing you desire is possible. And it begins with little steps. So to guide you on your way and to help you make the next best step of renewal in your life, I'd invite you to pick up a copy of my book, Habits for Holiness. God bless you. Welcome back. All right, we're at the point in the show where I like to take some listener feedback, share a listener question along with my answer to it. If you have a question you'd like me to take up in this segment of the podcast, send it to me, Danielle at Danielle Bean. I'd love to consider answering your question right here on Girlfriends. This week on Instagram, I heard from Elaine who said, do I dare even ask how you feel about letting babies cry it out? We have a toddler who will not stay in his own bed, and I feel like we've tried everything. I'm five months pregnant with our second, and I just want to get some sleep. I can't even imagine what this will be like with a newborn. Okay, this is a very common dilemma. Elaine, I really appreciate your question. And I especially get the, I just want to sleep. (laughs) I so completely understand that. That is perfectly legitimate. And in all the back and forths that go on online between moms who are kind of hashing it out, like whether or not to let your baby cry it out and all the different so-called methods that are out there, I, I'm not in that world right now. So I don't even know. There probably are new ones since I was there last. But I just, I remember how sometimes that would get pretty mean and vicious. And I think it's important for, for me to speak the truth into that, that 
it is perfectly okay and perfectly legitimate for you to say, I just want to get some sleep. (laughs) And yet sometimes and in some, you know, whole stages of family life, that's a very difficult thing to do. And you might need to get a little creative with it. So I'm not going to come down hard one way or the other about letting babies cry out or any particular method. I'm going to just affirm, Elaine, the fact that that's a very legitimate thing for you to desire, to want to get some sleep, to get the rest that you need, especially as a pregnant mama, and anticipating having a newborn as well. Just finding a loving way to do that that's going to fit your temperament, your child's temperament, your husband's temperament, your family's charism, the circumstances you find yourselves in, the kind of work life you have and the way in which you sleep, all of these things are so unique to every family and everybody's unique circumstances that I really, nobody can lay out one size fits all kind of way of approaching this. But I will tell you that's a legitimate thing and it can be really hard. And it, it can get, it can feel very emotional, especially if you're sleep deprived. Now, I've I've done some whole shows on being sleep deprived. And, and one of the things I want to share with you, Elaine, in case it's helpful, is one of the creative things that we did throughout the years was, this is something I shared, I think it was in like a toddler hacks episode, but I've shared it in other places as well, because this is just like one of the things I've taken away from all these years of parenting that like, okay, that actually worked. That actually was a really good way of handling a difficult situation. And this is it. So I think we started it when our daughter, Juliet, who was on the show just last week. How fun is that? So (laughs) they do grow up. (laughs) There's there's some encouragement right there. But when she was really little, she used to come into our, our room every single night and want to get in our bed and you know, when she was, I don't know, she was probably like two, two and a half, three or something. And, you know, and part of me, of course, and every parent feels this is like, oh, my my child wants to be near me, you know, and they're lonely or they're scared at night. And I just want to be a source of comfort to them. So of course, you know, I want to let them come into my bed. And, and so, you know, we did some combination of those things. And with all of our kids, we did some of having them in our bed and whatnot. But then there comes a point, and there certainly did with her where it was like, okay, I cannot I can't sleep at all with this child with her foot in my back or, you know, her hand over my face or, you know, it becomes very difficult. So in that moment, we just had this like, I don't even know who to give the credit to if it was Dan or me. But what we did was we we took a crib mattress and put some, you know, sheets on it and a pillow and a blanket and just put it on the floor in our room. And we told Juliet at the time that she was welcome anytime. If she woke up in the middle of the night, she can definitely come into our room, but please don't wake up mom or dad and just go, this little spot is right here for you to be close to us. And it worked beautifully. Like there were so many mornings where I would just wake up and there she was and she hadn't disturbed me at all. And it met her need of, you know, being closer to mom and dad or having that option. And, you know, after that, we just threw all the f- the following kids kept that mattress on the floor in our room. It was just part of how we parented that that was there if anybody needed it. And there were some nights where we needed to put down another mattress because we've had eight and some of them were quite close in age. So sometimes there was competition for that space. But just allowing that, but then kind of setting that boundary after a certain age, you know, with little kids and babies and, you know, you're going to have some degree of kids in your bed and some people love it and some people just can't do it. And just knowing your own limitations and your perhaps your husband's limitations and what you, know, what you want matters. 
Um, but that worked so well. And I, I can't even tell you, you know, when we packed it up finally, like, oh, I guess nobody's going to be using this anymore. I don't even remember doing that. And um, it was just such an easy solution to just have that accessible to the kids. It wasn't like telling them a hard no, you can't come into our bed, you can't get out of your bed, which feels terrible. And it's really hard to enforce. Like, you know, I think I'm, I'm hearing in Elaine's question here, it's, it's very hard to decide that you're going to say no in a harsh, hard way that's kind of not flexible at all. But this is kind of like an in-between flexible option that I loved having. And maybe that's helpful. Maybe some other kind of, you know, flexible option will be helpful to you. And just think about it in that way. But I just want to encourage you, Elaine, that there's no one right way to do this. And, you know, just understand that it is a very hard thing. And being sleep deprived is a very hard thing. So be gentle with yourself as you're you're going through that. I remember many years ago, I used to write this regular column for Inside Catholic, which used to be Crisis Magazine and now has gone back to being Crisis Magazine. Anyway, it was online for years and I used to write a, a column there. And I remember I wrote this column and the, the editor decided to, to title it Sleep is for Wimps. And it was all about being sleep deprived. It was a little bit funny and kind of sharing some different experiences, but it had a legitimate, you know, kind of point to it. Like this is for a season kind of thing. But that title uh, really upset. I think it was like three or four different people emailed me about it. And it was moms who were sleep deprived who were like, this isn't funny. Like, don't say sleep is for wimps. Like, I need sleep. And, you know, I was really struck by it at the time because, of course, I didn't mean anything bad by it. And they just they didn't get the joke because they were just not not in the mood for humor on this topic. And I totally understand that. So, you know, I understand that this is a very hard thing and this is a difficult thing. And, you know, through the years, I have embraced, you know, co-sleeping, family bed style living just because I wanted to get some sleep. I have equally embraced <laughs> having children in their separate spaces because I just wanted to get some sleep. So it's a legitimate thing. And each family needs to kind of make their way on their own, figure out what what solution is going to work for you. But I just want to encourage you that there are flexible options and maybe just think a little bit creatively about it. And there are kind of in-between solutions that aren't hard one way or the other. So I'm going to say a prayer for you, Elaine. I hope you get some rest and feel well-rested and prepared by the time that new little one comes. All right, if you have a question for me or something you want to share that's on your heart regarding this week's topic or anything on a previous episode of Girlfriends, or if you have an idea for something you want me to take up on a future episode of Girlfriends, I would love to hear from you. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on social media, especially Instagram. I love making new friends over there. I am Danielle Bean on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's all the time we have for now, but I want to thank you for being part of today's show. You know I love connecting with you here. I'm so grateful for your presence. I do not take it for granted. I know we all have a limited amount of time each week, and it just means the world to me that you choose to spend some time with me right here each week on Girlfriends. Thank you so much for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 